think we are. I think we are live. Yes. Okay. So welcome, Raul Villar Jr., CEO of Paycor. Um, I'm really excited that you're on our show. I had a great time speaking with you and I wrote a Forbes article about you and your company. And what I'd like to do is turn, turn it over to you. And this way you could share a little bit about who you are, you know, how you became a CEO, your journey there. I know you're passionate about remote work, remote first, and how it was to start as a CEO in the very beginning of the pandemic when everything went haywire and how you were able to kind of rally the troops and make it through. So, so without any yeah. further introduction, Raul, please introduce yourself and who you are and what you're all about. Yeah, thanks, Jack. Uh, I'm Raul Villar, uh, Chief Executive Officer at Paycor. Uh, and at Paycor, we're a human capital management company that provides cloud solutions from everything from hiring associates, paying them and retaining them. And uh, we have a little over 2,500 associates across the United States, 45,000 clients. Uh, and we recently went public in July of 2021 and we're trading on NASDAQ as PYCR. Um, a little bit about my background, Jack. Um, hey, I grew up in the HCM industry. I started with ADP when I was 21 years old, right out of college. Uh, and uh, I worked at ADP for 26 years, had a great experience, lots of sales, marketing, product roles. Uh, and in 2011, ADP acquired a medical software company called Advanced MD. Uh, and I had the, the great opportunity to run that business for ADP. Uh, and in 2015, ADP made the decision to, to divest that business from its portfolio. And they really just wanted to focus on human capital management. And during that process, I decided to stay. And I got my, my first taste uh, of being a CEO of a, a smaller uh, private company uh, that was owned by a private equity uh, firm, Marlin Equity Partners. Uh, we ran that business successfully for three years. Uh, and we sold it in the fall of 2018 to Global Payments. Uh, and, uh, and I continued to work for Global Payments for you know, the next six months. And, and this opportunity came up at Paycor that I found to be irresistible. Uh, Paycor was uh, a competitor uh, of ours at ADP that I had admired. Um, and it was an opportunity for me to, to kind of go back to my roots, a circle of life type of opportunity. Uh, and so we thought, you know, it was a great opportunity for us um, to go help Paycor take the next step um, in its iteration. So I started with Paycor in July of 2019, was really excited, had an opportunity to learn the business, you know, for the first, you know, 90 days. And then, right. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then unfortunately, uh, you know, the world changed, uh, you know, in March of, of 2020 and, and in real time, we were faced with the dilemma that all of us were faced with, you know, uncertainty, um, not knowing what to do next, how our businesses were going to fare. Um, and, you know, I think we, you know, as a leadership team, we took a step back and, and said, hey, what's the, what's the most important thing to do? And that was, you know, for us, you know, to ensure that we could protect, you know, the health and safety of our employees while still maintaining, you know, our service to our customers. And so, you know, very quickly, we diverted to a, a virtual first work environment. Um, we had all the associates come in and take all their personal belongings home, cleared out the facility, 
um, provided everyone at home with the tools that were required. I mean, all of a sudden now we have to provide monitors and headsets and all these type of things. We had to, to provide all of our employees so they could be successful working from home. Um, and, you know, as we went through that process, I would say at, at about the 90 day mark in July, when things started to, you know, feel like there was light at the end of the tunnel, uh, we were, we were slightly fooled, uh, at that point in time, people were thinking about coming back to work. And I, and I think the biggest single driver for us, um, was, Hey, the company's doing really well in this remote environment. And, um, and, and by the way, many people were skeptical of the ability for people to, to operate remotely um, without on-site inspection and management. And, uh, but the, the biggest thing that was facing our workforce was, you know, what was going on with people's children or their parents or sick relatives. And, uh, and if people didn't have childcare or elder care, um, you know, or were afraid to come into the office um, because they didn't want to get, you know, someone sick, you know, we felt like, you know, we didn't want to divide our workforce. Um, and we felt it was really important to, to let everyone know that, you know what, we, we can all work from home. We've been doing it successfully for 90 days. If you want to come into the office for, for a specific reason, you know, we, we, we have a facility and you, you can use our facilities. Um, but, you know, we're going to, you know, be committed to a virtual first work environment. And, and, it, and you know, we, we polled our employees at multiple times over the past 18 months. And every time, by and large, 90% plus really want the flexibility and convenience to work from home. Um, and uh, they want, I think, over time, you know, to flex into the <clears throat> office, meet their peers and their coworkers. And obviously everyone misses um, the fun part about working in an office together, which is, you know, lunch and happy hour and some of those team bonding events. And so we encourage that. I mean, people will be flexing in to pay core where appropriate, um, but by, you know, but we're committed um, to working virtually. We think we can find the best people across the country to work for pay core in this flexible work environment. We think it supports, you know, our workforce, um, most appropriately and people like it. Um, and so, you know, we want our people to be happy. Uh, we think engaged associates, you know, are, you know, happier uh, and more productive. And so that's, that's what we're focused on, trying to find the best way to be the best virtual first company that we can be. So, well, you come across so confident now. Yeah, this is not fair for me to ask you, but the early days when you start, when all of a sudden the pandemic hit, how did you and your team, you know, management team feel? That had to be, a, I'm understating it, but probably a really stressful event. Like, oh my God, I've just started this job. I don't even really know everybody here. What do I do? How, yeah. how did you keep the presence of mind to, to just, just power through this and not just, you know, be like, oh my God, this is, what do I do? Yeah, I think um, without question, um, there's a lot of uncertainty um, and uh, everyone was concerned. And, and for, for two things, one is, you know, our business, um, we pay employees. And so if employment's declining, which it did, you know, that's not a great business outcome for Paycor. Uh, so we had to navigate through that um, component and try to understand what the long-term dynamics were going to be. And then secondly, um, you know, quite candidly, you know, I'm 54 years old and, uh, you know, I've always worked in an office with high inspection. Um, yeah. And for people like me 
um, this new model was a leap of faith. Um, and so I remember talking with my uh, managing director um, at Apex, um, who owned, you know, um, the uh, owned Paycor at that time, and uh, and he was like, "You're you're gonna go virtual, really? Yeah. Like, and and it was a we had this long conversation. Right? Did you did you start thinking? Wait, am I crazy for doing this? You start doubting <laughs> exactly. <yourself. laughs> well, you you start to think, you know, am I overcorrecting? Yeah. Uh, are are we overcorrecting? And 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 so clearly, um, I think where we've ended up, you know, after we did it, um, we think um, we we were fortunate because you know there were so many starts and stops to many people that have tried to have people come back into the office over the last two years, and that's really hard on a company. It's hard on employees. It's hard on the culture, um, and we haven't had to endure that. Um, and I think for us, it's just hey, how do we enable the right times for people to get the things that they miss? from on-site um, and either supplement that virtually because there are many companies that have been completely virtual um, for a long time or, you know, do we enable people to flex in where appropriate um, and enjoy some of the team building and camaraderie that you would normally get at the water cooler or at lunch or, you know, um, after work. So that that's what we've been focused on. So fast forward to now where it's a little better, except the possibility of World War III, but put that aside. So, so there's some more normalcy now, hopefully. How is it working with remote work? How's the team? Do, do most people enjoy it? Do they want it? Do some people say, I'd rather come in? Or how, how's it working? By and large, every time we survey, over 90% of the people like the virtual first environment. And, and so, and, and, you know, we think it's a winner and we're excited about it. And we are, you know, committed uh, to continue to maximize, you know, the work uh, remotely experience for all of our employees. And so we continue to try to uh, identify ways to, to make people, um, you know, feel connected um, virtually. And, and that's probably the thing that we're, we're focused on most. But, but by and large, we were able to take a company public um, and, and have, you know, two great quarters in a row as a public company. Or remote, know, and doing this or remote environment, including you know my entire team, and uh, and so and my team is split. I, I my chief legal officer lives in Chicago. My chief revenue officer lives in Fort Lauderdale. My uh, uh, executive vice president of implementation lives in Tampa. My chief strategy officer lives in Dallas. You know our our our, uh, our chief digital officer lives in. Uh, New Hampshire. So we we have people all wow. over the map. Did they and, do that afterwards? Like after, like you said, remote, or they were doing it before? So um, one it was primarily after. Wow. Um, one was remote, and then a couple have moved, and then we've hired some new people as a public company. That you know we were more flexible um, with where you lived because no longer is Cincinnati our home base. You know the you know you don't have to hover around, you know, a, a, a footprint any longer. Um, we can hire the best people and across the United States or across the world and, and, and be successful. And so it, it's been seamless um, wow. from that perspective. And, and actually, I would suggest I, I get to spend more time with more people on Zoom than I ever would and did when we were in a physical facility. Because in a physical facility, you go from meeting to meeting. Um, and here, 
you know, and you in your your days kind of um, chunked out for you here, it's much easier for me to schedule time for a 10 minute connect or a five minute connect on Zoom with someone or to Zoom bomb someone and, uh, you know, try to see how they're doing and, 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 and see if I can help. So I think it, it's created a lot of flexibility. And the other thing, Jack, that I think is really interesting is, you know, you know, at the pandemic, we had about 2000 employees and about seven or 800 were in our headquarters. The other 1200 never felt like they were as connected as they are today. Because we've all been in those meetings where we forgot to dial in the person that was outside, or we dialed the person in, but, you know, we didn't have the right kind of speaker. And so everything was muffled, and they couldn't have a full meeting experience, or the audio or the video wasn't working right. And now with Zoom and modern tools that people are using, um, I think it's equal to playing field. And the other 1200 people feel more connected to Paycor than ever before. So I think, um, I think it's even the playing field. Um, from you have to be in corporate, you know, to make an impact and rub elbows with all the C-suite people. Um, so I think it's uh, changed the dynamic for a lot of uh, people across the country. You know, this is so important because right now we're at this point, hopefully we don't have another variant, you know, yet. So, so now it looks like the society, the mass mandates are kind of falling off. Um, and people are now like Apple and Microsoft and everybody saying, hey, come back to the office. So this is like for the people who are watching this now, and then when we upload it again, put on other social media, they're all curious about like what to do, both workers and managers. So I've heard a lot of reports. In fact, there was a SHRM study, the Society of Human Resource Management, where they talked about remote work and the managers re, you know, responded. And I was shocked that they even released the study saying, basically, we forget about the remote workers and they're kind of annoying. And the workers were saying, hey, they're forgetting about us. What do you do? Because it's not easy. Like you said, this is this is writing the from scratch, like figure it out. So, like, what kind of things have you done to make sure to keep people invested, to keep them together, maybe to kind of have meetups? You know, any suggestions you could give to yeah. to the managers watching now who will figure, okay, now it's maybe a hybrid, so it might not all be remote, but like, what are things that work and keep people engaged? Yeah, I mean, for 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 us, you know, first of all, we're we're all virtual, so everyone's virtual, including the manager. So um, it's much easier to be inclusive um, from that perspective. You know, we we try to recommend that you take your the the environment that you tried to construct before you can do virtually, and so whether it's weekly touch points, you know, with each of your associates to review their goals and their progress against their goals, team meetings you know, um, trying to stay, you know, maximizing communication. Those are the things we're focused on. It's how do you take the best practices that you would do face-to-face -face and put them in a virtual environment? Because essentially the virtual experience, uh, to me, very similar. Um, you know, I have, you know, everyone has to be on camera. Um, so some companies don't require that. Mm -hmm. And to me, that is critical. That's the ante to play. Everyone has to be on camera because that replicates face-to-face -face experience right. um and so you know we try to drive people um to make sure that they're doing all those touch points with their teams um and that you know we think it replicates the exact same experience that they would have face-to-face -face. and we think it's act it's actually more inclusive um in this environment than previously where someone was late or remote or uh, you know you, you would never realize you know where they were or how they were so 
you know, to, to us, it's more flexible um, and more inclusive to the entire population. Do you hear reports from your people saying that, hey, wow, this is great because now I'm spending more time with my family, with my friends, I have hobbies, I have more autonomy. So maybe I'm not, you know, I don't know if they'll tell you this directly, but maybe I'm not starting at nine o'clock, but then I'm working later at night because that's how I just feel more comfortable getting work done. And do, do you get, do you hear that kind of feedback where they feel like they, there is more of a balance in yeah. terms of life and work? I, th I think we, we, we all have seen that transform yeah. our lives. Um, and, you know, the way I look at it um, and my belief is, you know, obviously there are certain jobs that are time dependent and job dependent. Like it, it's part of a process. Like either if you're on phone support and you have to be, you know, in the phone queue a certain period of time, that's fine. You know, if you have to be part of a product release, you know, that's getting pushed into the cloud, right. that's fine. But by and large, you know, the, the way we, the way I think about it is no one should miss a, a family event or a kid's basketball game or, or taking their parents to the doctor and all those type of things in this world. We all are connected 24 seven with our mobile phones, our laptops, our iPads. And so if you can accomplish something in a different time frame, you know, we have to be flexible and meet the needs uh, of our employees to enable them. So my employees, like, you know, that work directly for me, um, you know, some are really early in the morning, like they get up and, and they're engaging me at six in the morning and some, you know, like to do it, you know, um, you know, they get, they get family dinner done, maybe uh, homework done. And then they jump on the computer at 10 o'clock um, and they're connecting there. So I think, you know, we have to be flexible and I would encourage people to be flexible because, you know, if you care about your employees, you care about their family and help them prioritize those events, you know, they're going to care about your company and you as a leader more. And, and so I think that's really important. And by the way, you would rather have people be transparent and say, Hey, I need to go. I want to go, you know, to my five, you know, my seven-year-old's teacher conference at two o'clock versus going at two o'clock and not telling you. I mean, <laughs> if you empower people right, right. to do the right thing, they're going to come back and do their work. I mean, that that's the, everyone's expectations. I'm going to get my work done. And you have to take people at their face value that, you know, they're going to accomplish what, the, what they're, um, they're required to accomplish and want to accomplish. But at the end of the day, like, we have to enable people, um, especially in this digital world, to like be flexible. Like, I mean, let I mean, as long as they accomplish what they're supposed to accomplish, you know, we should support them and all the other initiatives because the 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 family life and the work life have completely blurred, right? It's, it's not just COVID; it's digital technology, right? Your phone follows you everywhere. Bro, do you feel this way? Because I'll be very transparent. I'm a little jealous in the sense that I look now, if I turn back the clock, how my life would have been so much better if it was remote. And I missed out on so much of my kids in terms of ballet class, soccer, t-ball, you know, going to the PTA meetings because I would have to schlep into Manhattan back and forth. It would take, you know, easy. It could take a, you know, with traffic an hour and a half each way and you get home and you're tired or you're exhausted. And it makes such a difference. And I think, oh my gosh, if they had, I don't know if you feel this way too, like, boy, if they had it back then, how great would that have been? No question. I mean, it, it's, um, you know, it's the, it's the, at first the, you know, all we focused on 
was the negative component of being connected 24 seven to your mm-hmm. office through email or through zoom or whatever. And, and if you flip the paradigm and say, well, what's the positives, the positive are I can do all the things I want to do with my family from anywhere. Um, and be successful still versus to your point i used to live in fairfield connecticut and my first supervisor made me drive every morning at 5 30 down 95 south in connecticut to stanford connecticut 30 minutes 40 minutes in traffic to drive back after i said hi to him to my territory which was fairfield connecticut so it's, and then right the it's the day, i had to drive back down to Stanford to say good afternoon and goodbye before I left to go back home at Fairfield. So I spent all day in the car, unproductive time, by the way, cell phone. And, and so, um, you know, I think we just have to be, um, you know, we have to meet people in the middle um, and enable them to be successful personally. Because if people are successful personally, they're going to be successful professionally. If they're not successful personally for whatever reason, it's going to impact them at work. Like, and it, we can pretend it doesn't happen, but it does happen. They're completely connected. With the remote work too, you didn't bring this up, but I imagine to have a more diversified workforce, it makes it easier because if you're in Cincinnati, or like, let's say in, in, in Stanford, Connecticut or wherever, you, you know, you could really just choose from whoever, you know, pre-COVID, whoever could commute to that radius because that's how it is or was. Now, I imagine, you know, in terms of, you know, diversity in every way, shape or form, right? Because you could reach out nationwide, worldwide. Yeah. I mean, we, when I first got here, you know, we were rebuilding our leadership team and, and the requirement was you had to live in Cincinnati. I moved from Salt Lake City to Cincinnati, and it was in a contract that I signed that I had to live here. Is that funny? Um, These little things that we look at and go, they're crazy, right? What you said about right? the Fairfield Stafford, it seems nuts in hindsight. Yeah. To why make you move out of Salt Lake City to go to so right? In this lens now, it's wild. I love Cincinnati, by the way. I just I, I want everyone yeah. to know that. But <laughs> um, but it you know it was a move required, and and so I'm sure it narrowed the search for you know, Apex, who was looking for the CEO of Paycor, yeah. because only so many people would be willing to move that had the yeah. requirements that they had. Now, um, and the same thing, we went through a search for, you know, our chief legal officer and our chief strategy officer, and we were able to interview the best candidates in the United States, right? And we were able to select two amazing people, right, in that process, um, and so I, I just, I just, and, and neither one of them lives in Cincinnati. Right. And, and so I think that's the power. I think from a, from a customer perspective um, or, a, or a new sales opportunity, again, I can virtually join any meeting at any time, right. With a prospect or a client um, and, and help them, you know, so I think there's so much power um, in being flexible with your workforce, but also with your end customers or potential end customers and, and that ability, I mean, we're all available. Um, and so what, and, and when I get on zoom, I was on a zoom call this morning with someone and with a group of folks, some were in California, some were in New York, and they weren't on zoom in the beginning of the meet their, their, their video wasn't on. And it like made me uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, like they were just trying to get their stuff on and it was different yeah. technology, whatever they got it on. And then all of a sudden I felt better about the meeting. So, I mean, it's just, it's amazing. And we were talking to someone in San Francisco, someone in New York um, and someone in Long Island. So New York City and Long Island. And then uh, 
and then a, a couple of us from Cincinnati. So, I mean, it was amazing. We were able to just jump on a meeting and, and, and hash stuff out. So when, when you're talking about Paycor, just for people who aren't aware, so who do you, are these mid-sized, small businesses, large businesses, nationwide, maybe yeah. a little, like who's, yeah, like so, if someone is interested, so they know like what you do and maybe they might need your services. Yeah, so we're, we're a nationwide company mm -hmm. uh, and we focus on cloud HCM solutions. So think, you know, the ability to recruit new employees, the ability to pay, HR tools, benefits, workforce management. Um, and we really focus on what we call SMB, but we define that as, you know, essentially 10 employees to a thousand employees is kind of our sweet spot. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're always, um, you know, we, we have a real modern cloud application and it's, you know, really helping us, you know, win new business from some of the legacy providers, whether they be some of the large um, companies in the space or um, like my alma mater uh, or, or in-house solutions or regional service bureaus, you know, that that's really where, you know, our new customers are coming from. Are there any, do you cover all sectors or do you specialize in certain ones or how, how does that break down? So it's, it's a horizontal platform where we can cover any sector. However, right. we do have an industry focus on four key, you know, uh, vectors, manufacturing, food and beverage, professional services, and healthcare. And so within those four, we, we have customized solutions, you know, whether it be through the technology, the reporting, or the integrations with their key third parties that they like to work with. And so those four, which is about half of the U.S. economy, we have really specialized solutions. Uh, and so if you're in one of those uh, categories, you should definitely take a look at Paycor for sure. And given what you do, you have like your fingers on the pulse of the economy. So I write performance usually every month, the jobs report. You know, what's your take on it? Like, how do you like, yeah, what are you seeing? For, because you yeah. see all this data. So like mm -hmm. you have like the real stuff at your disposal. Um, and maybe you got to get out. You don't have like, you always have the ADP report. You got to get yeah. that pay core. Come yeah. on, man. <laughs> you got to, you got to make kind of brand that Lexi, maybe that's for something, sure. you know, you have to help them with it or I'll help you with, let's get that going where you have the pay core, you know, to do that, those numbers. So yeah, what are you finding out? Like, what, what do you see? How is it, is it as hot as they say it is? Is it some more hot? Like what's, what's the real deal? The inside story. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, I think employment has been steady a little sluggish, a little choppy. I mean, I think, um, you know, if you look, we're still a little over 2 million jobs less in the overall U.S. labor market than uh, a year ago. Um, so, I mean, so we're still down. Um, right. There's a lot of vacancies. Um, we all experience them in our personal lives, you know, whether it's at an attraction or a restaurant or, you know, somewhere there tends to be, or retail store, there tends to be less people working than before. And people are, you know, slightly overworked and maybe burnt out. Um, so we're, we're optimistic now that, you know, uh, knock on wood that, you know, COVID appears to be in the rear view mirror, um, that we can start to see, you know, full employment in the U S and, and, uh, in all those vectors. Um, but that, that's what we're seeing. I mean, we saw a steep decline from the middle of March in 20 until June of 20, where, you know, employment was down about 25%. Uh, it came back about 85% of the way in July, August of that summer. And then it's been on a steady climb, not at the rate that it was doing prior to COVID, 
Um, and so, and which is why, you know, we're still, you know, essentially an economy that's underemployed by 2 million jobs. And, and so if we can get those jobs back uh, and people active in the workforce, again, you know, that's going to be great for all of us, you know, in our personal experiences. Now, you know, inflation weighs in on SMB. Um, and so, you know, those costs, you know, are either going to get passed on to us as consumers um, or, you know, they're going to be eaten by the business by hiring less people. <laughs> and so, and, and then we're going to have that same kind of operating experience that we're having now um, with long waits or, you know, uh, frustrating uh, experiences. So this is really interesting, again, because like you, you have such a really good viewpoint, given, you know, all the companies you're dealing with. So that, um, do you, have you noticed when you're sending out, you know, all the information to your, your, your customers, that the salaries are going up, you notice like the increase in wages, and or are you noticing, I didn't even think of this, that maybe they're not hiring because like, God, you know, everything is going up, and they got to cut costs. Yeah, I, well, I don't think we've, we felt the impact of inflation just quite yet on hiring. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see that um, if it if it persists um, for an extended period of time. Um, I think um, you know there's a you know the great resignation or or the great you know reevaluation. I think there was a burst of activity in July August of this past year um, where people realized, hey, I can work anywhere and. You know, maybe I'm going to take a different job in a different place that I could never do before for, for more money. Um, and that happened. I think it stabilized a little bit. I think the, the wage increases by and large are at the lower end of the market, right? And so in your food and beverage retail, some of your frontline employees, you know, obviously that's where the gap of employment is. And so um, employers are forced to raise the pricing or raise the minimum wage, so to speak, in order to attract those employees. So we're seeing that happen. Um, it's interesting. It, um, you know, it's kind of interesting because there's always, you know, a dialogue about whether it should be mandated by the federal government raising the wages um, or should it happen through supply and demand? Well, it's happening right now through supply and demand, right? And so, you know, there's less supply um, of people willing to to work at the lower end of the market. So the wages or the benefits um, are increasing, you know, in those categories. And so I think that's where you're seeing, you know, and that's what we're seeing in the data that we look at. You think, because you, you mentioned about, you know, we had, you know, COVID, Delta, Omicron. If let's say, hopefully, God willing, that's it, you know, or if we have something that's not really that bad, do you think that'll bring back people who are on the fence, who are on the sidelines, who maybe had to do childcare, you know, like, in different cities, school, public schools were closed. You had a lot of women, you know, large amounts pull out of the job market. Do you think just with having, you know, not to worry about a pandemic anymore, that all of a sudden brings a lot of people back in and, and, and close that 2 million gap you were talking about? I, I, well, I think that's part of it, right? So definitely um, women, people of color left the workplace at a faster rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, that, that um, you know, a lot of assumptions are it's around, you know, COVID and healthcare and childcare and those type of components. And so um, clearly if that, if we go back to a normal, you know, let's say next September schools open and it's a normal operating environment for everyone in America, um, I think that will pull some people back in. Um, I, I also think, you know, we need to create higher quality jobs, which are, you know, which will incent people to want you know, to work, 
right? And so um, some people don't want to work at, you know, 15 to $20 an hour. Some people want to work at 40 or $50 an hour. And if we can create some of those jobs, um, I think that will also attract a broader labor force participation. Um, and I think that's, that's what we got to focus on, the quality of the jobs, obviously reducing any, any um, you know, gates that are in the way of people um, with employment. Uh, unfortunately, you know, if inflation persists for another six months, um, you know, at this rate, people may be forced to go back into the workforce um, just in order to make ends meet, unfortunately. So, I mean, I think um, some people may be retired or retired early. Um, you know, if the, if the, you know, stock market declines further and inflation goes up, I mean, that's a bad formula for people that have retired. I mean, there's a lot of dynamics at play. Um, so we've just got to think about those things, but, you know, there were 2 million more jobs a year ago. So they're there. We can, we can, we can re reignite the economy. Um, and, uh, you know, at, you know, as an example, you know, since the pandemic, you know, um, either through, um, direct hiring or partnering, you know, we're up almost four or 500 employees. So, um, you know, I think there's plenty of companies like Paycor growing really fast, um, and hiring. Um, it's, it's just about making sure that we get the entire economy operating, you know, harmoniously. See, those are really interesting points so that you, you, I've definitely seen studies that people were retiring, not all, you know, the baby boomers were retiring because the real estate prices went up. So they're like, Hey, I could sell my house and move down to Boca Raton, Florida, wherever. And, you know, the stock market was booming say, Hey, I don't need this anymore. I'm done. But now stock market, not so good real estate. I'm not sure where it is now. So that might pull them back into the market. And the ones, like you said, were on the, on the sidelines, when they go to the supermarket and like, oh my gosh, this is how much I have to pay for it. I, maybe I got to go back to work. So, so there are all these other things circulating around. So that's both good and bad, you know, yeah. coming together. It's, how about that? Have you thought of this? I've um, interviewed folks who, um, there's a lot of, co- there's a bunch of companies that's, that because remote work has been so, you know, big globally, you have these companies, that's their whole mission is to help companies set up the taxes, the legal yep. stuff, all that globally, right? But then they're also paying these people in cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So Paycor, do you think one day you might have that as an option to tell you know, the people who receive you know, their, their you know, weekly, bi-weekly, monthly pay that if you want an option to get Bitcoin, Ethereum, is that... Is that a possibility? Yeah, so uh, it's, it's interesting bringing it up, Jack. So the first thing that that we've done is within our um, core platform, we provide on-demand pay to all of oh, of our employers, where their employees can get their pay on demand. You know, different components, and so that, wait, wait, when you say on demand, that sounds like you mean like if I want it instead of waiting two weeks, correct? I could get it today the, or tomorrow, or yeah, as you earn it, you can get it. Um, so you earn it. You, you think about it. You really earn your wages by shift, and the the ATM industry or the payroll industry over time defined payment weekly, biweekly, <laughs> semi-monthly, monthly. But you really earn it on a shift. And yeah. back before any of us were alive, like you would do a job, get paid, right? And so um, if you think about it, um, we've kind of come for a circle, full circle. And employees, many employees want to be able to access money because they want to pay off debt. They don't want to pay, they may have to pay off debt so they don't get, you know, uh, hit with an interest payment um, 
and if they get paid that day, they can, uh, you know, afford it versus waiting two weeks, you know, those type of things. So we're seeing that and it gets tied with a pay card and their ability to use that. So that's step one. Uh, step two. But that's I, right. I just want to, can I, can I just, under, yeah. Cause you're present. That's a huge thing. Like you're glossing yeah. over it, but that's a huge thing. That's a big difference because that's, that's a difference between somebody saying, Hey, I, I have to maybe now take a payday loan, you know, when you right. get the user's loan because oh. I can't get through for two weeks. And now like I'm paying all the interest on it or I have to take money out of the bank or overdraft the bank. So that for a lot of working people, that's, that's huge, right? I mean, that's yeah. a big, that's a big, it, it's, it's a, it's a really big, big component. Yeah. And uh, I, I think it's going to just fundamentally change the way people get paid. I think secondly, on uh, I'll address both the yeah. employer of record concept that you're talking about um, where, you know, you're able to, to add employees anywhere. I think the definition in the future of employment is changing, right? We saw it with gig workers first. Um, now it's international workers. Uh, and so I think, you know, companies like Paycor, we're focused on how do we solve, you know, your needs to pay all those people, right? And so that's that's what we're focused on. Um, and then, you know, with cryptocurrency, um, I, I think there's a couple of people early on that are trying to connect with ATM companies and we're taking a look at it, right? Because it's, it, you know, it's a little further out to full adoption, but, but, you yeah. know, it's in the headlines and it's interesting. Um, and so the current global, you know, macro environment, uh -huh. people, you know, are even probably more interested. Uh, and we, we may have to like convert to gold bars, but, but, uh, <laughs> You know, so people are definitely focused on those type of things now. So we're, we're evaluating that now. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because it's, it's, it's risky because you see it's so volatile so that I'd imagine it'd be, it's one of those things where, okay, hey, it's great. It might go up, but then if it goes down and now you have to pay taxes on the higher price, but now it's lower and you can have like a lot of angry workers. So it's, it's not an easy solution, Yeah, but it's an think, interesting one. I think you'll see people look to, be able to allocate a percentage yeah. of their wages to crypto. Um, and so, you know, it's almost like allocating a percentage of your wages to the stock market, yeah. right? Or to a stock uh, purchase plan like we have for our employees. And so uh, I think that's how people will probably do it versus taking all of it. Maybe some people will take all of it, but I would say by and large, people will look to split, you know, the amount in, in uh, dollars and then the amount in crypto. I bet you that's probably going to end up happening unless, unless like, you know, something really crazy happens with new regulations for crypto and maybe does, right. but that seems like it seems rationally the same way you take your four, you know, put money aside for 401k or yeah. you know, profit sharing or other things like that. You might say, okay, this is another option if you're so inclined. Exactly. So, exactly. Which is great. A anything I, I really appreciate you just being so open and sharing everything. I love your energy and your passion <laughs> for you. You love what you do, don't you? Oh yeah, I can tell. No yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So, is there anything I didn't ask you that you feel that uh, you know people want to know about? No, I I think we I think we covered it all. Um, you know, the the only thing I, I I would say is, you know, as leaders, regardless of where you work, um, if you put your employees first and think about you know what's the right thing to do for them. And I always look at it, you know, when I think about people that I've really enjoyed working for and that I got a lot out of, they always cared about me and they always cared about what my career path was going to be. And they were always transparent when I was doing great 
and when it wasn't doing so great. And there's been plenty of that as well. So I think, you know, there's a combination of those things. And I, and I, as a leader now, just because we're virtual doesn't mean you can't connect on those key components um, with, you know, all of your employees. And if you do, you know, they're going to care about you more. They're going to care about your company more. They're going to be more productive. Uh, and you're just going to have a better working relationship. To, 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 to build upon that last point, I think that's, that's, that's awesome. That's such great advice. And, and this is perfect for the audience here. This is what they, they want to know. Um, how, do you, how do you empower your managers to kind of be empathetic, to take it to the next level? Empathetic, because it's no secret right now. People are just anxious, stressed, nervous. For, and you know what? you'd say for some good reasons lately, you know, you're watching cable news and you're seeing what's going on in Eastern Europe and it's easy, you know, and after, especially after two years of being scared about, you know, the pandemic, losing loved ones, getting sick yourself, what have you. So how do you, how do you make sure that your managers can show empathy and how they can look out to say, Hey, how's Jack's mental health? How's he doing? Is he burnt out to, to, to just to keep them, you know, engaged? Yeah, I mean, I th I think we we try to coach them on the two the two biggest signs, right, of mm -hmm. of burnout or extreme stress. You know, are attitude, change in attitude, mm -hmm. um, and effort. Like those are the only two things that all of us control, right? Yeah. Is, our, is our attitude and the effort, and then everything else may or may not be within your control. And so we try to focus on those two things. We're trying to find ways to carve out time for people. Mm -hmm to like, just have like, like we did a no meeting Monday. I mean, it was, it was probably the most popular thing that <laughs> we've ever done. Right. And so, I mean, those type of things, how do you restrict, you know, um, all the red tape, how do you enable people, um, to focus on what they got to do and then spend enough time with their family. And then the other thing I think is really important, you know, we, we, we've created a lot of employee resource groups, right. And the actual employees create them and they could be, focused on gender, diversity, um, all those type of things, um, sexual orientation. Um, and we have one on mental health, right? They created a mental health employee resource group where people have, you know, monthly meetings, they get together, they provide information, they share stories. And I think those are the type of things that really, you know, if you promote time and you give your people time to attend these resource groups, and they can connect to other people that think like them and the same issues that they have. I think, I think it's really powerful. Um, and, and you can learn. And so I go to a lot of these groups and I learn a ton about things that I didn't even know about, whether it be gender, race, sexual orientation, mental health, you know, um, you know, um, people, the military. I mean, there, we have so many resource groups and it just gives people a platform. And, and I think yeah. that's really critical now because, um, you know, you got to let them know that they have flexibility and, and they got to raise their hand if they're burnt out or they need a break. Um, and we've tried to do those things um, in order to maximize. Because to your point, Jack, it's not easy. Um, and not everyone has a great work from home environment. Um, and, uh, and so we just have to be open to, to helping people uh, when they need help. You know, Raul, I'm so glad you're on the show. This is great. This is this this is because this is what people are looking for. You know, they're they're especially right now because they're what, what do I do? Do I come back full time in the office, or maybe I should look for something different? What is different? How do other companies do things? And when they hear walking through how it works for remote work, it gives them ideas. They may say, you know what? 
maybe I should look for a role that does that, that I could have that opportunity. And by having people like yourself share the advice and the guidance and what you went through, I think it's really illuminating to people. It gives them ideas and thoughts of what to do. And right now, this is like the biggest, this is the biggest thing. Like, what do I do with my career? Do I stay? Do I pivot? Do I reinvent myself? So I really appreciate you being so yeah. candid and, and sharing all your advice and, and your journey. This is great. I, I really appreciate you taking the time out, Raul. Yeah, thanks a lot, Jack. Thanks. Had a great time. Uh, look forward to speaking again soon. Excellent. Thank you. All Take right. Care. Have a great day. Bye-bye.